Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Good morning, I'm Pastor Steve. If you're in the house, there are some Bibles under your seats. If you don't have one at home, that is our gift to you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Uh, You were handed a Connect card when you came in the door. If you would go ahead and put your name on that and every prayer request you might have, we would love to uh, pray for you. There is a giving link that we're going to share online, and if you're in the the room, the baskets are in back. Uh, I wanted to share with you that we closed out the church's books for 2020, and I want to say thank you, New Stanton Church, for making ministry possible in 2020. Together, we blessed a tremendous amount of people with meals. Uh, We blessed people by running to the store when people were sick. Uh, We prayed with people over the phone. We helped some family members here with bills, heating oil. Uh, We started our live stream experience in 2020, actually two weeks before uh, the shutdown, which was definitely a God thing. And we continued to hold worship, both in person and online whenever possible. Together, we did all of that and we finished in the black for 2020, which is huge. So God is good. Thank you, church. God set us up to do ministry in 2021, and I'm so excited about what God has in store for us this coming year. Uh, The staff and I had our planning meeting this uh, Monday. It's kind of like a day when we look at the calendar and the year and just envision what God has for all of us as a church. And I'm really excited uh, what God has for us. Uh, As a church, though, we aren't and we never are going to lose focus on showing people Jesus and communicating that everyone matters, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So thank you, church. Just thank you, Thank you, thank you. This morning, we are going to dive back into another scripture where God says one thing is better than another. And we're headed back to the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at Proverbs 22, verse 1, which says this. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, if you have spent any time in the Proverbs at all or have been paying attention the last couple weeks, Solomon often, God often says there are things that are better than great riches, wealth, gold. There's a trend there, right? Uh, Solomon says a lot of things are better than gold and silver. And on the one hand, it would be almost natural to say, well, that's really easy for Solomon to say because he was rich. Of course he's going to say that, but... Let's not forget, Solomon is not writing as a king to his subjects. He's not trying to keep the peasants content with their lowly estate while he's living in opulence. This is a father, a parent, trying to pass godly wisdom onto his son. He's not pushing an agenda. He's trying to mold a heart. All parents have hopes and dreams for their kids. Every parent prays 
that their kid does not make the same mistakes that they did. We don't want our kids to go down a path that we know leads to a train wreck waiting to happen. We want them to know and love the Lord and make godly choices above all else. Because we've seen the heartache, the emptiness, and we know where certain paths lead in life. Even if we didn't take them, we lived long enough to see and to witness others who have. Uh, Teens and young adults in the house, listen, some of us old folks have been there and done that. And we know you don't always get the t-shirt. Sometimes you wear the scars from choices in the path. Truth. I, I know teens think that their parents have no clue what they're talking about. You know how I know that? You know how your parents know that you think that? Because believe it or not, we were young ones too, and we thought the same exact thing. Let me tell you a little secret if if you're a teen or a young adult. When you get older, the young people around you, maybe even your own kids, if you have them, will think you are clueless too. You have to learn from your own mistakes and carve your own path. And at some point, like we adults, your parents have to let you do that, which is hard for us because we love you and we want God's best for you and we know, believe it or not, where some paths lead. But we also know that there's another way that some of us, not me, stubbornly rejected. Look at Proverbs 15. Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves. But the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Listening to correction and accepting discipline can save you grief and change how you are known. You can change your name by heeding life-giving correction. God so can do that later in life. Amen. Hallelujah. But let that later isn't easier and it isn't better. It's better to regard discipline and correction now from people who love you and want God's best for you. Some of us wish we had. The Bible is just so real and so relevant to life. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you don't think the Bible is relevant to your life, you haven't read it. You, you just accepted someone else's opinion that hasn't read it, that said, you know, that's so old, that's so irrelevant, it's out of date. I'll stop my rant. Uh, read your Bibles. <laughs> well, Solomon knows, God knows, many people's hopes and dreams rest in things that require money. And he's trying to guard his own son from the same pitfalls. And this father's, he talks to his son about chasing pleasure, alcohol, women, and a whole bunch of other things. And he continually says, son, there is something better. There's a better way. This morning, we're going to see why 
it's better to have a good name. So what are you known for? When people say your name, when people hear your name, what do they think of? That's an important question to ponder and meditate on. Uh, I grew up in Erie. Uh, places have names, too. Uh, when you hear the word Erie, you might think of Presque Isle or Waldemir or the Erie Zoo or lots of snow uh, or dreary Erie or irresistible. They try to change dreary Erie to that. Uh, I went to Wesley United Methodist Church as a kid. Uh, anybody ever hear the name of Jim Janae? He was the youth pastor there when I was in high school. I, kn I know some people... Online in Erie have probably heard that name, but we'll skip that for now and move on. Names have all kinds of feelings and emotions attached to them, memories that go along with them. What does your name conjure up in people when they hear it? Parents, you realize that names bring stuff up when you go to name a child, don't you? Uh, what happens for those of you who have never had the experience or not, ha haven't had it yet is your spouse actually gets to veto your name choice if they knew somebody with that name and it wasn't good. So if your spouse, for example, says, hey, let's name our child, if he's a boy, Russell. And you go, ooh, like I knew a Russell. Russell took the dessert off my lunch tray every day in middle school. We are not naming our son, Russell. Your spouse gets veto power because names carry feelings and emotions and experiences with them. What does your name carry? Is it good? Is it bad? Down the road, will somebody veto a name choice because of your name? I want to look at a few passages that highlight the fact that a good name is better and why. Look at Proverbs 10.9 with me. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. So this proverb says a good name is better because it brings confidence and security, knowing that your walk is godly, that it's good, will allow you to walk in confidence instead of walking in fear. You see, when you're not walking with integrity, when you're taking one of those crooked paths, you're afraid someone is going to find out. I remember I was working with a young man in my wood shop, and a friend stopped over to the house, and no one heard him knock at the front door. Uh, we were in the wood shop working, so I was making a bunch of noise. So my, my friend jokingly came to the garage door and knocked. Okay, he, he pounded. <laughs> he pounded on the door and he said, police, open up. The look on that young man's face was sheer panic. I didn't know who it was either until I opened the door. But I wasn't panicking because I hadn't done anything to be nervous about. Come to find out, this young man had. A good name is better 
Because you can live and walk with confidence instead of fear. If you or I are hoping something never sees the light of day, it's probably time to choose something better. Doing so will enable you to walk with confidence and security, and your name will be good, which is better. Those crooked paths aren't worth it. They will always take more from you than they promise to give. They will rob you of joy and peace and relationships. They will ruin your name. Thank God for second chances and the possibility to fall into his grace. It is never too late, but later isn't better and isn't easier. Number two, a good name is better because it will precede you and give you favor with other people. Remember last week I said that people used to travel just to talk to Solomon and ask him questions. Scripture actually gives... um, an example of that, and I'd love to read it this morning. It's found in Second Chronicles chapter 9. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, and the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe what they said until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be, how happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the Lord your God. Because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever, he has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. The queen of Sheba is actually estimated to travel some 1,400 miles just to talk to Solomon. Remember, this is before modern technology. She didn't see an Instagram post uh, about Solomon's wealth and wisdom. There was nothing instantaneous about how this happened. Word, Word of mouth about Solomon's greatness traveled 1,400 miles. That's impressive. That's the distance between Pittsburgh and Santa Fe, New Mexico. I find it encouraging that the Queen of Sheba also heard of how great God was through Solomon and his wisdom and his wealth. 
She heard how God, and saw with her own eyes, how God loved his people. She heard that God was concerned about justice and righteousness. That tells me that Solomon and all of Israel were not just focused on their earthly king, but their heavenly one. When people talked about Solomon, they could not help but talk about the God who put him on the throne. If your walk is godly, if you choose the better path, your name will precede you. And so will the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because it's just natural to brag on God for the blessings he has given you in life. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Church, a, a good name shows people Jesus. Your story, how you were recon, reconciled to God, re reflects your name and the King of Kings. How you got on the good path you are on matters to the kingdom of God. It is right and good to brag on him for reconciling you and redeeming your name. Unfortunately, the opposite it's also true and often happens, doesn't it? How, how many people do you know point to hypocritical Christians for why they aren't following Jesus? If your name isn't good, God tends to get a bad rap too. I'm not saying that's right. Like, it's not fair to judge God based on his imperfect people, but it happens. Your name will always precede you, good or bad, and your name will reflect God's name if you call yourself a Christian. Lastly, and sort of related, a good name is better because it shows people a better path. I don't know how you learn, uh, but I learn by watching and then doing something. You can tell me how to do it. You can explain it. I can read about it. But if you show me and I can see it and then do it, I've got it. We looked at this verse before, but let's look at it again. 1 Corinthians 10.31 through 11.1. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many so that they may be saved. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Our lives show people Jesus, and it shows them the specific better way to live. Follow my example. Whether you know it or not, mom and dad, you are saying that every single day to your children. People should watch us going through life and think, you know what? I don't know how you are finding the peace or the strength to put one foot in front of the other. But whatever you're doing, whoever's given you the strength to do that is better than I'm coping. I need me some Jesus. Parents, your kids should experience your love and the way that you treat them and see it as better 
than their peers' parents who aren't following Jesus. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm just saying if you follow Jesus and they don't, there should be a difference in your life compared to someone who's not. Our kids should experience the love of God and think, I need me some Jesus. Even our our kids' friends and, and their parents should see our home life And hear the way that we talk to one another and love one another and think, I I need me some Jesus. Like that path, that love that they share is better somehow. You may not feel qualified to show people a better path. You, You might not feel like you have it all together, like you're not in a position or a place, like your name isn't there. I get it. Remember earlier when I asked you if you knew who Jim Janae was. Jim, more than maybe any other person on this planet, is why I'm standing on this stage. When he started as our youth pastor, he shared with all of us how God changed his name. He was on one of those paths that didn't lead to a good name. Specifics aren't necessary. But God got a hold of his life in a powerful way. And he talked to us about Jesus and being reconciled to him in salvation in a way that made sense. Like, I got it. That's when I started to seriously follow Jesus. He challenged a group of us senior high youth to read the Bible, pray, and seek the direction of the Holy Spirit. Three out of the six of us ended up in full-time ministry. I'm standing here because someone none of you ever heard of, nor ever will meet, was transparent about their relationship with Jesus. And I thought, I need me some Jesus. In a real way, Jim Janae's good name is impacting your life. As you think about what God can do through you and through this church. I know he wants to use your story to change the trajectory of someone's life. You don't have to be a pastor. In fact, most of the time, it's more effective if you aren't. It doesn't matter what path you are on right now. God can change your name. And as you share that story, it will direct other people's paths. The question is, will you run? to the Father. Will you allow him to change your name? A good name is better. You can walk with confidence. The blessings of being his will precede you all throughout your life. You, your life, can proclaim that there is a better path. And one day, someone will say of you, there was this guy, there was this gal from New Stanton Church who told me of a time that they ran to the Father and God changed their name. And I got it. And he changed mine too. So will you? Will you let him change your name? Will you run to the Father? Let's pray. God, we are so thankful that it isn't too late. It's never too late. Your grace is always available. Your forgiveness is there right now. 
God, in amongst the struggle, you offer grace and mercy. God, I pray that as we're transparent with all of our fears and shortcomings, that you would bridge that gap, show us your love, God, save us, and then God, use us to show people Jesus as we run continually to the Father. God, there's so many times in life we need to run there again. Either we trip, we fall, we struggle, we doubt, but God, your grace is sufficient. And God, if there's any young people in the house, God, I pray that they would ponder what their name communicates this day. And God, help them to heed correction and advice from their parents and choose a better path. It's in your precious name we ask these things as we run to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you. So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com, follow the Get Involved tab, and RSVP to our next meet and greet.